welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the Give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa, and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Country, They came in just for this event, to be a part of this event, and so many others. I think we had, I counted 35 pastors that I know of. Other people represented there on Friday night, and I just love seeing people gathering and just amazing i uh one of the cool testimonies of, uh, uh, you know among many of course were the were the kids on on friday night but i got this one report of a of a, there was a word of knowledge about some toes and this this grandfather brought a, her his granddaughter and she had a broken toe and she got healed that night on friday night and there were, we're still hearing reports of healing and so many people being like totally just wrecked and transformed and giving their lives to Jesus and of course baptisms like I said we lost count after 40 and and uh, I was thinking of the significance as sort of a prophetic person I was thinking of the significance for me because um, I almost had to play drums at this event and I haven't played drums for like really 11 I the la- you know what's crazy the last time that I played drums for real and I, I like I start like I was a musician like that's what I was going to do with my life so m- many of you that know my story the last time I played drums for real was at Universal Studios at the Gibson Theater. And you know who it was with? It was Sean Foyt at a prayer event. And I was thinking to myself, 11 years ago, and for those of you that were here last week, we talked about the, the, the significance of 11. And we celebrated 11 as a local community. And uh, I had this whole word about 11 and some of the words that God's been speaking to me about 11. And I was thinking about this 11 years ago. The last time that I was on a platform really playing for real was with Sean Foyt at, a, at a na- an international, glo- actually it was a global event that was broadcast on God TV to millions around the world. And here I am, almost not having a drummer. Sean Foyt's back. I haven't seen Sean Foyt since. He's in our city and I'm about to have to play drums potentially. I'm like, heck no. I'm not doing that. Thank God for Joel. Thank God for Joel. Save the day. I'm like, people aren't ready for me to play the drums. I'm just, I'm just sorry. No, I'm just joking. Sorry. That was cocky. I'm sorry. It's kind of a joke, though. But no, I'm not, not doing nothing. But I, 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 I feel that was significant for me because I feel like God has been speaking to me about the reviving of worship in our city. And the last time that I was a part of that was 11 years ago on a, at a worship gathering with the same guy that came on Friday a week after our 11-year anniversary. So I know God is speaking. And so this is why I said I feel like I veered off the lane. I'm going to just recap a little bit. For those of you that weren't in the room last week, I really feel like when we came, I came back from Brazil two weeks ago on the plane, God spoke to me, you're moving into a John 11:11 season. And he shared some specific things personal to me. But I believe it's a prophetic word for the house and the body of a body of Christ at large in Canada. John eleven eleven says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and wake him up. 
the best prayer that we can pray in this season is God if I'm asleep in any area wake me up wake me up I don't want to live a life that's limited to my personality limited to my fears limited to my bondages limited to my band-aids limited to my addictions or whatever is shackling us I don't want to live limited I want to wake up out of these things because some of us we all have dead areas of our life or areas that feel dead that just are really sleeping how many can attest to that we all have them we're not a hundred percent all full of life if we were we probably have light shining out of us all the time right we need to wake up and I believe that we're in a John 11 11 season and man like if there's a prayer that you can pray pray John 11 11 talked about the significance of 11 last week if you weren't in the room you have to go back and listen to last week's message about the significance as far as a biblical numeral uh, in biblical numerology what 11 represents in the scripture you got to go back and listen to that message to give you context for what I'm saying but I believe that we are in this season we are in an 11th hour I shared my dream about the 11th room that I had uh, on our liver like literally three um, 11 months before the pandemic started I had a dream about moving into the 11th room and the 11th room was a revival but we were going to have to go through a period of perseverance, what felt like the long game, which I didn't know meant the pandemic at the time. I had no idea. I just knew there was perseverance was going to be required in the next season. And so many people didn't make it out of the pandemic. So many people got weird in the pandemic. Remember, the pandemic didn't make you weird. The pandemic just magnified the weird that was already all, always there inside of you. If you had cracks in your foundation, it just exposed them. That's all it did. Pressure never makes you do something. It magnifies something every day of the week. And so I believe we are moving into this season. But one of the things that we need the most, if we're going to wake up, is an understanding and the value of recognizing the voice of God in our lives. This has to be our pursuit. This has to be our pursuit, recognizing the voice of God. The voice of God is everything. If you do not recognize the voice of God, your relationship is shackled with God. And I'm not saying that you're going to recognize the voice of God flawlessly, but if this is not a pursuit in your life, to say, God, I want to recognize your voice of God. And I use that language because when people say, I want to hear your voice, the reality of it is God is always speaking and you are always hearing. The problem is always you're not recognizing. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear my voice I know them and they follow me it doesn't say they hear only when they're good when they're doing their devotionals once in a while no my sheep are hearing all the time so where is the tension where is the problem it's in recognition always first Samuel chapter 3 Samuel in his pre-prophet days was hearing a voice but what was happening he wasn't recognizing he thought it was Eli his mentor, his instructor, he'd go back to his mentor every time he'd hear a voice. Samuel, Samuel. This is why Samuel, while Samuel was laying in what was represented as the presence of God, in the ark, the ark of God, the ark of the covenant, he was laying in the presence of God, and in the presence of God, he heard a voice. He was hearing, but he wasn't recognizing. You're hearing, you're just not recognizing. If you're wondering what's going on in an area of your life, you're hearing, but you're just not recognizing. And then you're like, well, what if God is silent? Even in God's silence, He's speaking. 
because silence has a voice. Silence is a declaration of something. Silence may be a closed door, which is the voice of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you recognize what I'm saying? This is the difference. You can hear me, but not actually hear me. This was the rebuke to the religious. Jesus would teach, and he would talk all the time. And the Pharisees, they would hear, and he said, but they weren't really hearing. They would see, but they weren't really seeing. What was he talking about? They could see all the miracles, but they weren't seeing with their spiritual eye. They couldn't recognize that this, in fact, was the promised Messiah. They were hearing the reports. They were hearing the words, but they weren't spiritually hearing. And this is the danger we all face. And so the wrestle is, God, I don't want to just hear because I know I hear. I want to recognize your voice every day. I, I, I always say this. It's illegal. It's illegal in the spirit to ever say I don't hear the voice of God. What you should be saying is I don't recognize the voice of God or I'm having a hard time recognizing what it is that he's saying. You wake up at 11, 11 every morning, which was pretty late. I don't know what you're doing in bed that long. But every day you see 11, 11, 10 times a day, and you're wondering, oh, what a coincidence. So that's really cool and fun. No, I think God's trying to get your attention on something. I mean, going for days on this. You say it's a coincidence. There are no coincidences in the kingdom, only Godcidences. That's how it works. God is not up there and be like, I didn't know that was going to happen. Shoot, that's really cool. What a cool coincidence. No, God has ordered your steps. He's ordered the steps of the godly. He's ordered your steps. He knows exactly how many hairs on your head that you have, how many grays that you have. And I'm getting a lot. I'm like, God, you got to take some of these grays away. And I don't know. I look at pictures from like five years ago, and I'm like, what the heck? I saw a picture of you, and I'm like, what the heck happened to you? <laughs> but I can say that because we're both in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank God I have hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hey, I'm thankful. I repent, God. I, I'm thankful. I have hair. I hope I keep it. Please, Lord. Please. But I, I just want to say this, that like, God is not surprised by your circumstances ever. And so when things feel coincidental, ask the, ask the question to God, is this, are you speaking something here? Like, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I had this dream this week, and, and this, is, this house, listen, like, we believe in the voice of God. So, like, we're, I mean, encounters with God, but like, God speaking, it's normal. So I, I, I share it like it's normal. Some of you are like, what do you mean you had a dream? Well, we all dream. We just don't all remember the dream, number one, because we haven't stewarded it enough. I tell my kids all the time, the moment you stop stewarding your dream life by writing them down and taking care of them is the moment you stop, you stop dreaming. God, the, 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 the growth of kingdom life is always measured by our ability to steward kingdom life. If you want to grow in an area, you have to steward the area. If you want to grow in the voice of God, steward it so those little things that happen, those dreams that you, don't, that you think are pizza dreams. Let me just tell you, some of the craziest, wackiest dreams that you think were the food you ate last night are actually God. And any dream that you have, you can can reveal something about you. You could play video games all day and then dream all night about playing video games and that is a revealing to you, stop playing video games so much. What I'm trying to say is that every dream can reveal something. It doesn't mean it's a crazy word from God. It could be a demonic dream. It could be something else that you picked up in the spirit when you were walking or you at the grocery store or whatever and you had a dream and I don't know, I don't even want to show that with it. I've had dreams that I will not never share with people. I can't control my dreams, but I can control my response to them. Hey, God, are you speaking something? 
are you revealing something? What's going on? And I had a dream this week, and it's kind of gross, so please bear with me. I'm giving you, giving you a gross illustration here, but I had a dream where I saw an ear, and out of the ear, like, a bunch of earwax was protruding through the ear, like, it was coming out of the ear. You know how earwax is usually inside? You don't see it, right? It's like kind of how it is in the kingdom often or in church. People don't know why they're not recognizing the voice of God. It's because they have a blockage they don't see. There's stuff that's got to get cleaned out. They don't, they don't see it. It's deep within. A lot of the, the, the reason why we miss it and we're not awake in the spirit because we have blockages we don't even know are there. But in this dream, I saw it was like a hand and I saw God sovereignly pulling out the ear. It was disgusting, to be honest with you. Pulling out the earwax and then it was like you could grab it. Like you could, you could pull it out with your hand. I know it's gross. So sorry. Okay? Pull it out with your hand. You ever seen those videos where they put water in the ear and the big chunk comes out? You, you ever known? No, no, yeah? Well, it wasn't like that, but I'm just to give you a picture. It was like protruding out of the ear. And I felt like God spoke to me this. He said, he said, said Sean, he said, in this season, I am going to deal with the plug. I'm going to just start pulling it out. You know, we're on a timeline here, you guys. Like, God doesn't want you to waste your time. And God is so good in some seasons, he'll just come down and he's like, I'm sick of waiting on you. I'm going to deal with this thing. You know what? When he does that, though, here's the thing. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. But it's on our timeline. We can kind of go slow. You know, we know God is trying to get our attention. You know, we go to the bathroom. We get the Q-tip out. We're like, I don't want to do it today. I know something's in there. I don't want to do it today, so I'll go back. But then when he comes and he shows up, like Paul on the horse, or Saul on the horse running to Damascus, he shows up with his power and his light. I'm just pulling that earwax. I'm just pulling it out today. And it hurts. It's uncomfortable. It's gross. It's messy. And I believe we're about to move into a messy season. We're about to move into a messy season as a body, as a church, as a people. Let him do his thing. God enjoys the mess. That's why he birthed the Messiah in a barn. He enjoys the mess. The first four letters of the Messiah is mess. <laughs> and he was born in a mess, in a barn. God loves the mess. He loves the mess. And I just believe that earwax in the spirit is coming out in this season. And I, I want to share this, and I don't know how I'm going to go about this and how long this is going to go this morning. Someone told me, you guys told me yesterday, one, one pastor speech, preaches for an hour and 45 minutes. Man, I don't know if I can get away with that here. An hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, you want me to? Oh, okay. <laughs> My wife would be like, what are you doing? She's helping with the kids right now. Um, two years ago on September 26th, some of you have heard this story. So it's a little bit of repeat for some of you, but it's a reminder because I believe this is a word for now. September 26th, we were preparing for a worship, uh, like a worship recording. We were at uh, uh, Harley's house, and we were, uh, we were praying, and I asked the Lord, like, what, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I saw in my mind's eye a lightning bolt. I saw a lightning bolt, and I heard, I heard the voice of the Lord say this. The voice of the Lord is like lightning that strikes and splits the cedar puts the cedars. And I knew that was a verse. I knew that was a verse. Sorry, this is what, no, I wrote it down. Sorry, I want to make sure I say it right. This is how, how I heard it. 
I heard him say, the voice of the Lord is like lightning splitting the cedars. I thought that was interesting because I knew that was a verse in the Bible. I opened up my Bible. I didn't have a bookmark. I just opened it up like biblical roulette. Anyone ever play biblical roulette? God, speak to me, speak to me. Open it up and it's like, Abraham killed his son. You're like, shoot, the next one. <laughs> you know, or like, tried to, <laughs> he didn't actually kill his son, but anyways, you know what I mean? Was supposed to, <laughs> anyways, he didn't. Um, biblical roulette doesn't always work, by the way. You shouldn't do that. It's like gambling with God's voice. You don't do that, but it does happen when you don't want it to happen. I opened up the Bible out of all of the verses I could have opened up to. I open it up and my eyes go right to, out of the whole Bible, right to Psalms chapter 29 verse 7 and it says the voice of the lord strikes with bolts of lightning and in verse 5 it says splitting the cedars speaking of like tall like in it you can kind of symbolically look at it like anything that's overwhelmingly hard and big and intimidating his voice is so powerful it splits the mightiest of things in life it destroys the mightiest of things and right beside the verse like my, my i i saw it i had dr drawn lightning bolts this is from the years ago, and I just opened it up to that, so I know God was speaking to me. Fifteen minutes later, I get a text message from a friend of mine in Vancouver, and he sends me three lightning bolts and a emo emoji lightning bolts. So I'm like, God, you're speaking. Now, some of you be like, oh, that's a really cool coincidence, and you just walk away. It's like, God's like, are you kidding me? Like, I just gave you three signs, and you're thinking that's a coincidence? So I'm listening, God. I am listening. And I, I teach this stuff, so I'm like, i held held accountable for what I know. You're held accountable for what you know, by the way. If you know what you ought to do and you don't do it, it's called sin. James says that. So I, I'm held accountable, and I, I'm thinking, God, what, like, what are you saying? And so God began to speak to me about the lightning. Now, a little fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but in the, in the 18th century, in the late 18th century, People believed that ringing church bells would repel lightning. So when a thunderstorm would approach, many people would go to the church bell and begin to ring the bell to repel away the lightning. And many church bells in the late 18th century had this phrase engraved on the, the, the bell, and it's the phrase fulgura frango, and it means I chase lightning. Interesting. After 33 years and many deaths because there was many i think there was 103 bell ringers that were struck by lightning so from 1753 to 1786 in france it took 33 years for them to realize that it actually was attracting the lightning not repelling the lightning so they got the revelation but i think this is very interesting because the voice of god is likened to lightning it's likened to something so powerful that it can split the mightiest of things in our lives. It can do good and it can do bad in a sense. It can expose and it can empower. And when God began to speak to me about this, he's like, I, in this season, want to raise up lightning chasers. And I'm like, God, what do you mean by that? And he's like, I want people to go after recognizing my voice. I mean, I teach on that. I have a whole school on this. Like, I, I really, I live this. I believe in this. I want to raise up lightning chasers. 
just several weeks after I started getting this revelation, I had a friend of mine who's very prophetic in Canada call me up. He's like, God, God started to speak to him. He said, Sean, uh, God's been speaking to me about the lightning. I hadn't told him this. The lightning, the lightning, something about the lightning in this season. The voice of God like lightning. And as he's talking to me on the phone, I am not embellishing this. A storm cloud forms outside of my backyard. And I can see a cloud coming in. And all of a sudden, as he begins to talk about the lightning, I'm seeing lightning. Fork lightning, sheet lightning coming in my backyard. I told him on the phone, I'm like, this is crazy. As you're talking about the lightning, which I had that word too, the lightning is literally striking in my backyard. Like I was blown away. I'm like, God, you're getting my attention. Some of you be like, oh, that's what a cool coincidence. Like lightning, lightning, you know. I'm like, I'm listening, God. I went to Alberta and I said to, and I shared a part of this message. It wasn't, it wasn't this entirely, but I shared a part of the spirit of this message. And I shared it when I was in Alberta at a conference. And I said, you're going to see signs in the sky after I share this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know when I get a word like this, something's going to happen on the outside. I shared this, and the next, it was that night. It was either that night or the next morning. The re- a report came out that lightning struck a tree in front of the White House and killed three people. And I knew, I knew because the whole time that God was speaking this to me about the splitting the cedars, that we were moving into a season of the rise and fall of leadership. And that when his voice shows up, it will remove and it will empower. It will take out the wrong ones that shouldn't be in power and bring in the right ones that should be. And I believe that we were in that window of time. And God has been bringing this back up to me from two years ago. Bring it back up to me, God. John, pay attention to this. Pay attention to this. Some of you are like, like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about what God wants to do in your life. He wants to raise you up as a lightning chaser. He wants to raise you up as someone who chases after the voice of God. And so write this down. If you're taking notes. Becoming a lightning chaser. Write that down. Write that down. As you know, lightning lights up the sky. It, it, it's demonstrative. God's voice is demonstrative lights up the sky. Do you know that lightning is the width of a thumb three miles long and hotter than the sun? Think about how powerful and yet how seemingly insignificant it feels like. It can go up to 30,000 degrees Celsius, a lightning bolt. Isn't that wild? Two to three miles long, two to three centimeters in width but yet it's so, it looks so big because it's so bright. It's light. It's light. It sounds to me like his voice in Genesis chapter 1. What did he do? The earth was dark and without form, and it was, there was void. And what does it say in verse chapter 1 to 3? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth, listen to this, was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, what did he say? His voice spoke lightning. It was a form of lightning. Let there be light. Because his voice is like light. It's like lightning. The psalmist likens his voice to something that lights up the sky. What happened in Exodus chapter 19 and Exodus chapter 20? When the law was given to Moses, the people didn't even want to approach the mountain. Why? Because the lightning and the thundering. Because the lightning and the thundering were a representation of the power of the voice of God in that moment to Moses. 
Like, I'm not going near that thing. Like, it's way too scary, way too freaky. Are you hearing this this morning? What happened in Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 4? Now listen, I'm jumping around today. I'm not exegetically breaking down anything for you this morning. But Acts chapter 9, verse 3 to 4 says, As Paul was approaching Damascus on his mission, what happened? A light from heaven. You know what the very next thing was? His voice. Because light and his voice always go together. God spoke light into darkness and what happened? Light existed. God's voice spoke to Paul. Light shone on Paul, knocked him off his pony, changed his name, turned him blind for three days. Why? Because when you have been turned on to the light of this world in the wrong way and not the light of Jesus Christ, you have to go through a season where you are blind to the things of this world so the light on the inside can turn on. So Paul had to actually go blind for three days so the light on the inside could turn on for the first time. That's why Paul has the absolute credibility to say we don't walk by faith, or we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. Because he knew how to walk by faith because he had no sight for three days. But he knew God was speaking to him, right? He had the credibility and the authority to say we don't, we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. I was blind for three days, bro. I know how it felt. A light knocked me off my horse. A voice spoke to me. My whole world changed. One word from God can change everything for you. This is why you need the earwax pulled out of your ear. This is why you need an encounter with God. One word from God can change everything for you. One word. I remember my, my first encounter with God that, that changed everything. And the car on the 470 on the highway by myself had to do directly with hearing his voice for the first time. And he said, make a choice. Are you going to follow me? Or everything else that's chasing after you. First Corinthians, write this down, chapter 12, verse 7. Speaking of the supernatural gifts of the Spirit, do you know that every gift of the Spirit, and I'm just going to rhyme them off for you, Number, there's nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit, okay? This is not a teaching on that right now, but we have faith, we have wisdom, we have discernment, the word of knowledge, working of miracles, healings, interpretation of tongues, speaking in tongues, and prophecy. Okay, there's nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. Every one of those gifts needs to operate from understanding the voice of God. There is, those gifts do not function outside of God communicating. Okay? He communicates to us. Those gifts gives us access to information and insight, but He uses those gifts through giving us His voice to speak and direct us and guide us. Okay? So hear me out. When Paul is referencing these supernatural gifts of the Spirit and he's encouraging the believers at Corinth to operate in them, he says this in verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And that word manifestation, what he's saying is every time you, every time you operate in a gift of the Spirit that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, you are manifesting you are manifesting the Spirit. And that word for manifesting in, that, in the Greek is the word phanerosis. And phanerosis could be described as this, a supernatural projection of light that breaks into the natural realm. I say this to say is that every gift, when it's functioning, is projecting light into darkness. Because His voice is like lightning. 
every time you operate in healing, you are releasing light into somebody's darkness. Every time you prophesy into someone's situation, you are releasing light into their darkness. Are you hearing me this morning? The voice of God is likened to light and lightning. Now let me build on this a little bit more. Go back to John chapter 10, 27. I like this verse so much tattooed it on my body, okay? So I'm not saying go get a tattoo. But John chapter 10, verse 27. We got it up there? John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. They know me. And they follow me. I know them and they follow me. Now, let me just say it again. We don't struggle to hear the voice of God. We struggle to recognize the voice of God. Please, let that be a shift in your thinking. I don't struggle to hear. I struggle to recognize. Because Job 33 verse 14 says, For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. So he's speaking again and again. People are just not what? Recognizing it. So back to John 10, 27 for a second. My sheep hear my voice. And I'm going to break this down for you in a few moments. My sheep hear my voice. But before I do that, I want to say this. That in Revelation chapter 1 verse 15, go there for a second. It says this, the writer John, having a vision, says this, of Jesus, his feet gleamed like brightly polished bronze, purified to perfection in a furnace. His voice filled the air and sounded like what? So now his voice is likened to a roaring waterfall. A roaring waterfall. So do you, okay, now listen to this. I don't know if you know this, but if you take an oscilloscope, which is a measuring, is a machine to measure frequencies and sound waves. If you take an oscilloscope and you put it towards a waterfall, the, this machine measuring the frequency, it goes off both sides of the spectrum. So in other words, there are frequencies that you can't hear in the natural, like your natural ear, like a dog whistle, for example. Your natural ear cannot hear it. There are certain frequencies that your natural ear cannot hear. And there are certain frequencies that your natural ear can hear. You know that you have two ears. You have a spiritual ear and a physical one. You know that, right? You have five spiritual senses. And that's how God communicates to you. And so, you take an oscilloscope, you measure this, they've, met, they've figured out that there is over 20,000 different variations of tones in a roaring waterfall. And John likens the voice of God to a roaring waterfall. Interesting. He's saying that there are so many tones into God's voice that you're going to have to learn to recognize. His voice is not something you can just nail down as this, it's only this way. Some people say, well, God only speaks in His Word. No, you need to know the Word to test every word. This is the best book, the best framework to test everything that you're hearing. But when you need a word of where you need to move, you need a word of where you need to go, who you need to marry, you're not going to find it written down in the book. You're called to marry Michelle Gaby on this year. It's not going to happen. God got this will help us test the spirit of every word, but it is not the only way that God is going to speak to you. When the prophets in the Bible, we read about in the Bible, they didn't have the book and God spoke to them. And my Bible says God's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He's not changed. So his voice is likened to a mighty rushing waterfall. There are frequencies we can't hear and frequencies we can't. So we need to dive into what does it look like to recognize the voice of God. There's 20,000 different tones. 
And then he likens the voice of God again to a different thing in Revelation chapter 14, verse 2. Listen to this. I heard a voice from heaven roaring like a waterfall and clapping like thunder. The voice I heard was like a symphony of what? Harpists playing their instruments. Highlight the word symphony. Ever been to a good symphony? Like an orchestra? You know that it has to be placed in the properly, uh, uh, it has to be placed in the right acoustically treated environment, right? You put a symphony in here, it wouldn't sound very good, maybe. You would, it'd be muddy, maybe. You, you, you would be able to distinguish the different tones of the different instruments. You wouldn't be able to hear all the different beauty of the frequencies. You wouldn't be able to really capture what the symphony is supposed to represent. You put it in the right acoustically treated environment, and it's going to be beautiful. You know what I'm saying? And the voice of God is likened to this. Again, connecting it to sound and frequency and tone. Now go back to John 10, 27 for a second. John 10, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. This word for hear in the Greek is where we get the English word acoustics from. Interesting, isn't it? It's where we get the English word acoustics from. So he's saying, my sheep hear my voice. The, vo the word voice is phone in the Greek, meaning tone, meaning sound. My sheep who know me and who follow me have created an acoustically treated environment within their life to distinguish the various tones recognizing my voice in their everyday life. That's what he's saying. Wild, isn't it? But the only way that we could recognize these many different tones in life is to create a good, healthy environment. And that's why I believe for some of us, there's been some unhealthy environments that God has to pull out in this season. There is some junk in the ear. There is some junk that's stopping your hearing from recognizing the tones of God. And so in this season, if you would allow him, he's going to pull out that junk. He's going to pull out some of that religion. He's going to pull out that baggage, that fear, that cynicism, that critique, that all those things that are stopping you from really recognizing the voice of God in this season. Because God wants to raise up lightning chasers. You cannot pursue God and have a relationship with God the way that he wants you to have it if his voice is not a part of that pursuit. Because there is no relationship without communication. Try being married and not talking to your spouse. Tell me how long that lasts. It won't work. It really won't work. So I just believe that, man, I just, God, I pray that in this season of life, you would, you would just do it. Even right now, begin to unplug the stuff. Begin to unplug the stuff. Unplug it. Unplug it, God. I pray that you deliver us from fear, getting it wrong. There's so much fear of getting it wrong all the time. You limit, you stop yourself, you've restricted yourself because of fear of getting it wrong. Let me just tell you, you will get it wrong. Just like when you first learn to walk, you will fall. But the only way you build confidence is by getting up every day and leaning in and trying. So God, I pray that you give us a spirit of faith and boldness in this season. Can I give you one, one more key, one more thing? I think one of the, the, the and I, I have a whole course on this. We talk about the 15, 16 ways 
that God may be speaking to you and we go through dreams. We have, I have a whole course on dream interpretation and this is just normal, this is by the way normal Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. Dreams matter. God speaks in dreams today. He still does. He still does. People go to new age fairs to get information about their dream life when they can go to the church. I was on a plane in Newfoundland once and this ministering this woman was on her way to Newfoundland from somewhere on the connecting flight that I was on and her whole goal she was sitting beside me and her whole goal was to go to Newfoundland to go to this new age fair to get her dreams interpreted I, I sat with her I'm like I can interpret dreams right now for you if you want I can interpret them for you right now because God I believe Jesus Jesus is the greatest interpreter of dreams Joseph said it do not all interpretations belong to God so, give me a chance. I'm going to pray about it. Let me see what God says. And she told me her dreams. I got to, God began to speak to me about the interpretation. She got rocked. She was bawling on the plane. And she told me to my face, I don't need to go to the New Age Fair now. I got everything I needed on the plane. Like, like the world is looking for people to know the voice of God. So they go to the bookstore and chapters are indigo. It's like, where's the dream book? But let me just tell you, there probably isn't many Christian dream books from a biblical framework in Indigo. There's just not. This is why it's so important that God wants to raise you up as lightning chasers because when you get this, man, you are a light to your workplace. You are a light to your environment. Hopefully you aren't just a light to the Christian people in your community. You are a light everywhere you go. One of the, one of the the most common ways that God will speak to us, everybody in the room, is just slight, gentle impressions. Everyone ever said, like, oh, I have this feeling to do this, or I have this gut to do this, or I have this gut feeling to do this, or say this, I have this, just feel like I need to go encourage the grocery store clerk or something. You, ever, you never said that before or whatever? That's the most, you know, we can talk about all the other stuff, but one of the most common ways that God will speak to you is through slight impressions. Some of the most powerful things will happen in those moments. Powerful things will happen in those moments. Acts chapter 15, verse 28. I'm almost done. Just bear with me a little longer. The apostles and elders in Jerusalem were deciding on a matter that they were dealing with specifically in Antioch of Syria. And it says in verse 28 of Acts chapter 15, so simple, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. They, they came to a conclusion because it seemed good. A little We had this impression. It just felt good. We complicate the voice of God so much, don't we? Like we want the lightning bolts. We want the dream. We want the whatever to happen. Like do, it has to be something grand and big and wild to get my attention. And sometimes it's just like, hey, I've, I've given you what you need. Just trust the impression. Like trust your senses on the end. I'm, I'm, I'm so present with you. I will speak to you the way that you understand. But then I will also speak to you ways that you don't understand, which is why you need instruction. You need, you need mentors in your life. You need to pursue. You need to, to grow. I will speak to you in ways you understand and ways you don't understand. The impression is a huge one. And I can't tell you how many times, like thousands of times, I felt an impression and thought it was so simple and so insignificant and then shared it and then saw the most crazy results. I was teaching one of my schools one time years ago and 
I just assumed that everybody comes to my school at the time, like was coming to my school, were like believers. This one guy comes, I didn't know he wasn't a believer, and we used to, back in those days when we had our schools, we would do like a little worship time in the beginning, and then I would teach. And this one kid, this was like on the East Coast, this one kid, young guy, I don't know, maybe like in his 20s, he was bawling his eyes out during the worship time. It was a CD worship. It wasn't even like, like, like we didn't have a team. It was a CD, and he was just bawling his eyes out. So I'm like, oh, he, he's, you know, having a moment with God, which is awesome. I was transitioning from worship into the teaching, and I had this impression. I had this slight impression from God. He said to me, I want you to rebuke witchcraft in the room. I'm like, that's interesting. Okay. So I just quickly said, and I, and I just prayed a prayer, a rebuking witchcraft, a spirit of witchcraft that would come against this room. And I moved on. I taught. And at the end of the experience, now more things happen in this moment. I don't want to go through the details. At the end of the experience, that guy who was encounter- that was weeping during the worship came up to me and said, Sean, how come when you rebuked witchcraft, you were staring at me? And I said, what do you mean, staring at you? He said, you were looking in my eyes when you said that. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, yeah, you were. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, yeah, you were. I said, no, I wasn't. He said, I'm like, whatever. I don't believe I was. But anyways, there was, no, there was no direct connection, but I just had this impression to do that. He said, when you said that, Sean, I felt like a lightning bolt. That's what he said to me. Of electricity come through my body. And I heard an audible voice say out loud, go and bury the tarot cards that are in your bag right now. This guy wasn't even a believer. And he had spent his whole life searching for the voice of God. Ooh, I have goosebumps sharing this. The whole time, he had been searching for the voice of God using tarot cards. Because the world is searching. And when I said that, he got delivered, gave his life to Jesus, got rid of his tarot cards, and at the end of the week, he was on the street with us, ministering to people. Like, it was amazing. I say that to say hundreds of times where I felt like there's a slight impression and if I wasn't obedient to those impressions I would have missed something amazing don't miss your amazing because it's insignificant or feels small to you the voice of God is always speaking I want you to stand up with me and I believe as a as a beginning stage right now God is going to begin to do something in the room right now he's going to break some religion off of you 